Welcome to The Light of the World, and this is Jerry G. Martin. How many more things do we need to see occurring in our nation, in our community, in our world, before we can see the signs of the end time? It just so happens that many believers are not aware of the things that are going on. And Jesus said that at the end of days, at the end of time, before he comes back again, that there will be people who will be caught unawares. The question is, do you really believe Jesus is coming again? We're going to look at this message and this passage to encourage the body of Christ not to get caught up in all the things and worrying about all the things that are happening right now, but we need to be preparing for the return of Jesus Christ. And we do that by sharing our faith and winning others to Christ Jesus. Come and go with us as we walk in the light of God's Word. The New Testament reflects this anticipation of and referencing of Jesus' return, whether directly and indirectly in the New Testament, in every New Testament book except Philemon and 3 John. Every book references Jesus' coming. And throughout the centuries, the reality of that wonderful promise was formed in the heart of the Christian expectation. It is the blessed hope of the church. It is a time of redemption for the believer when Jesus comes. Oh, we don't even sing the songs like we used to. I'm just a pilgrim traveling through this barren land. This world is not my home. The passage of time, when they were expecting Jesus to come, and, and you know, when Jesus was ascended in the book of Acts, he says, you know, I'm coming back just like I'm leaving here. They says, I'm coming back. And they were thinking, well, maybe he's coming tomorrow. Well, not tomorrow, maybe next week. They had an anticipation of a direct return immediately. But as time passed, soon the church's sense of expectancy began to diminish. And some of the Christians to whom Peter wrote were beginning to doubt if Jesus was even coming back at all. And of course, the devil recognizes how important it is to place doubt in the mind of a believer as to the return of Jesus Christ. It's the devil's desire for us to live in doubt and ignore the promise of Christ's return. Because when we ignore the promise of his return, it doesn't govern our lives anymore because we do whatever we want to do. And there's a good reason. There's a very good reason the Lord didn't tell us when he's coming. Because he knows human nature. If we knew when he was coming, we'd live like the devil to the day before. And then you, you'd have to have the policeman out here direct traffic on the Sunday before he comes. Because everybody could try to get in chair. Oh, Lord, help me, Lord. Oh, Lord. Be thinking of prayers they hadn't heard in years. People have lived like the devil and trying to get in and to last. If they knew when he was coming. But he said, no, it ain't going to be like that. When Christians live in anticipation of Christ's return, they demonstrate a spiritual zeal and an enthusiasm, recognizing that they soon have to give an account to their master. We got to give an account. We have to face a judgment before the Lord. Here's what the Bible tells us in Romans 13, verse 11. And do this, understanding the present time, the hour has come for you to wake up from your slumber because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. He said, the night is nearly over. The day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. 
the night is nearly over. 1 John 3, 2 says, Dear friends, now we are the children of God, and what we will be has not yet been made known, but we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is, and everyone who has this hope, in him purifies himself even as he is pure. So if we're looking for him to come and we're looking for him to judge and we're looking for him to inspect us in terms of our purity and our cleanliness, we will be getting ourselves ready and we will stay ready. We won't put our suitcases down. We will get ready and we will stay ready because we are thinking he's coming and he's coming any moment. See, when believers forget about the second coming and begin focusing instead on the things of this world, they become absorbed in the temporal things of the world instead of the spiritual things, and they become cold and apathetic toward the eternal things of God. We're not thinking of it. You know, and I got this picture. There are some believers who, uh, you know, would be a little bit upset if the Lord came. If Jesus would come next week, we'd be upset. Why? Because we got some stuff we want to do before the summer's over, and he messed up our plans. I've been believing God for my house, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm in negotiation for my house. You know, I just got ready. I just saved enough money. I, I got a big check coming. And they're just so con- absorbed with the things of the world, they forget about the eternal things. Because when the Lord comes, you're not going to have to worry about your house, your check, or nothing. So there are some things that can happen now that'll mess you up. Look at the big floods in the Midwest that just happened here. Just wipe out everything that belongs to folks. The fires in California, wiping out everything. There are some events that will happen make you forget about everything else. When the Lord comes, you're not going to be thinking about all that other stuff. Somebody just met somebody. I just met me somebody over this weekend. The Lord come back next week. I've been waiting. Lord, can you give me another 30 days? There are people who will think, if the Lord comes back right now, that's going to mess me up. I was about to get a promotion on a job. Listen, your job won't even be there when the Lord comes back. It's over. Listen, you can put yourself in a position that when the Lord comes back, you can still have all your stuff. The saints will be caught up, and there'll be a lot of stuff left. I told one of my brothers one time, I said, man, I want to give you a set of keys to my house and a set of keys to my car. And everything like that. He said, why? I said, when the Lord comes back, I'm going to be caught up, me and my family. And so I don't want any strangers to have my stuff. <laughs> he said, you trying to be funny. <laughs> but that's practical planning. You're going to be caught up. Your stuff is just going to be there. That's what the scripture says. There'll be a lot of empty houses, a lot of cars without owners. So I'm saying, Here. Here's an extra set of keys. I don't want just somebody grabbing my stuff. You can have it. If you got some unsaved loved ones, just write a little will out for them. So when the Lord comes, snatches me away, you can have my stuff. Make a preparation for that if you believe he's coming. That's a practical thing to do. If he comes next week, next month, what's going to happen to all my stuff? Now, hopefully all my children are going too. Hopefully. If not, they can have the stuff. I don't care. (laughs) Satan knows that if he can get the church to discount the importance of Christ's return or even completely deny it, he can remove a very significant source of Christian hope and motivation. 
You know, sometimes things get so bad and you just don't have any hope. But, you know, when you have the hope of Jesus Christ and the hope of his return, the hope of his coming, the hope of a better place, that can take you through some dark hours. So the devil continually places skeptics and false teachers within the church, men who reject, minimize, or even alter Jesus' promises. And Peter responds directly to the false teachers' attack in this passage. First of all, he considers they're given errant arguments they made against the second coming. Where is he at? How long is he going to be here? Where is he supposed to be here by now? But look at what he says again in verse 3. First of all, you must understand in the last days. Now somebody said they've been saying last days for a long time. The last days is any time between the resurrection of Jesus Christ and the return of Christ. They're all called the last days. We are in the last of the last days. They will say, where is his coming? He promised. Ever since our fathers died, everything goes on as it's been from the beginning. And the Bible tells us, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be when Jesus Christ comes. You know, when Noah was up there building that ark for 120 years, and people were walking by and see him working on it, you know they talked about him and dogged him out. Man, I thought you said it was going to rain. You've been working on that ever since I was a little boy. I'm 60 years old now. It ain't rained yet. You must be crazy. Folks will tell you, you waiting on Jesus to come? You think he's coming? You believe that? There were those in the church who actively spoke against the return of the Lord. The fact that it was such an object of discussion in the scriptures, look at this. They were discussing it. The fact that it's in the scriptures that they were discussing it and even got up to talk about, well, he's not coming and you guys are just impractical. You're not using good wisdom because look at you. You're prepared. You act like he's coming tomorrow. You know, the fact that it was such a contentious discussion in the scriptures indicate that that was one of the vital things that was on the minds of the saints. It was on their minds because people were saying, well, why do you keep on coming to church and saying he's going, you know, every time you leave home, you act like you're leaving for the last time. Every time you come to church, you act like Jesus might come before you get back home. You know, and you ought to just cut it out. He ain't coming. He's, if he'd come, he'd have been here by now. So there were scoffers and mockers, those who made fun of those who believed in the return. They ridiculed the concept. What about today? Do we have scoffers and mockers? No, we really don't have scoffers and mockers because saints ain't even acting like he's coming back. We don't have enough people saying he's coming for anybody to scoff at. Only thing they're scoffing at is people that's uh, in prosperity ministry. They'll talk about them on the news. Look, he's a prosperity preacher. But ain't nobody scoffing at. Look at those people there. They believe Jesus is coming soon. They're living life loosely. They're not gathering up a lot of stuff because they said, you know, the Lord is coming back. They really believe that. Ain't nobody talking about that because nobody's mentioning it. The saints aren't even walking around mentioning it. I've not heard anybody say, you know, I'm, Jesus is coming and I'm getting myself ready. No, we don't have any scoffers and mockers today. Ain't enough to scoff at. If people were interested in it and that was a, something that was vibrant throughout the church, then we would have scoffers and mockers. If we really believe that he may return any day, our priorities will change and our preparation will change. The markers were saying, where is he? When is he coming? Shouldn't he be here by now? Are you sure he's coming? And Peter takes them back to the word. Look at what he says. Deliberately forget that long ago by God's word, somebody say God's word, the heavens 
existed and the earth was formed out of water and by water and by these waters also the world of that time was deluged and destroyed. By the same word, the present heavens and earth are reserved for fire being kept for the day of judgment and destruction of ungodly men. That's what Peter is saying. He said, we got the word of God, and the word of God spoke. God spoke, and the world became in existence, and God spoke again, and the world was destroyed. Why were Peter and the other disciples so adamant? Why were they so consistent in their belief about the return of Jesus Christ? I can tell you why. You know why? They heard Jesus say he was coming again. They heard that word. Now, look, they heard Jesus say it. That might not mean much to you, but it means a whole lot to them for Jesus to say it. They had already learned that when Jesus said that something would come to pass, it was going to come to pass. This is Jerry G. Martin, and thank you once again for joining us as we have brought the word of God to you, and we are hopeful that your life has been enriched and that you have been encouraged. It is such a privilege to come to you no matter where you are. You may be in your home or your automobile or your place of business. If you would like to hear today's message again in its entirety, you can do so by going to our podcast at The Light of the World Daily with Jerry G. Martin. Again, that's The Light of the World Daily with Jerry G. Martin. You can also join us on our website at lowcf.org. Again, that's lowcf.org. And as always, I invite you to be our guest at the Light of the World. We meet each Sunday at 10 a.m. at 16161 Old Humble Road. If you're in Atasca Cedar, Kingwood, Summerwood, Fall Creek, North Houston, Northeast Houston, you're in our neighborhood. Come and be our guest. I want to remind you that the Beacon Christian Bookstore is located right here on our campus. Almost every Christian bookstore in our city has closed, but we have an inventory of Bibles, communion supplies, Sunday school books, offering envelopes, study materials, or whatever you might need. Call the Beacon at 281 481-2885. Again, that's 281-441-2885. Now for the light of the world, this is Jerry G. Martin saying, may the Lord our God richly bless you and we'll be with you again next time.